Welcome to the Video and Education Podcast, Episode 4, Streaming Commercially Produced Films and Courses at Vassar College. I am your host, Scott Nadsen from Ensemble Video. This is the Video and Education Podcast, where I'll share with you how video is being used in educational organizations across the globe. I'm so glad that you could join us. Today, we are fortunate to be speaking with Steve Taylor, Director of Academic Computing Services at Vassar College. Founded in 1861, Vassar College is a highly selective, residential, co-educational liberal arts college north of New York City. I was lucky enough to visit Vassar and its beautiful campus. I especially remember its incredible library. It is unlike any university or college library that I have seen. If you have time, Google it. You will be impressed. So hi, Steve. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, I understand Vassar College has been leveraging commercially produced films and courses for student viewing. Tell us a little bit about that process. Yes, yeah, so um, we're a liberal arts college, and um, it's a fairly common thing for uh, faculty to want their students to, to view an entire f- uh, film. Uh, we don't do a lot of uh, lecture capture, so the streaming media that we do is largely um, mounting films for students to view, and that could be um, in the humanities, there may often be um, a, you know, a Hollywood uh, box office hit kind of movie or uh, more of an arts film. Uh, in the social sciences, it might more likely be a documentary. But um, they um, really want to have something like a streaming server because they don't want to devote their class time uh, to screening a film, which uh, they'd rather use for their actual teaching. And they don't want to go through the, the trouble of, uh, of scheduling an out-of-class screening, which is what um, people did in the past. So um, being able to refer their students to, um, to uh, streaming content is ideal for them. Right. And my guess the students actually prefer that as well. I mean, we're living in the, the VOD, the video on demand uh, society where people are consuming content on their devices on their own time. And I'm sure that works pretty well with students. So um, one of the topics that comes up with streaming commercially produced content is copyright. So tell us, tell us and our listeners a little about how you approach it. Yeah, it was a tricky uh, topic to, to kind of wrestle with for a while because um, there, are a lot of, um, there are a lot of copyright laws and there are um, a lot of uh, exceptions to things and uh, a lot of subjective uh, interpretations to be made. And uh, we were looking for uh, an institutional level decision about can we do this thing or not? Can we uh, extract a video from a DVD and share it to students in a particular class? And um, it really got to be too difficult for anyone to want to commit to an institution-wide interpretation of the laws. So what I finally did to, to resolve this is uh, I wrote a little article, a blog post actually, uh, laying out the different uh, relevant laws, the Copyright Act, the Teach Act, and so on, the fair use guidelines, uh, fair use exceptions, mm-hmm. and um, suggestions for um, how an instructor can interpret these, or in some cases, how they might um, 
what kind of alternatives they might come up with to, to streaming video. And anytime an instructor asks us to digitize a film and mount it on our streaming server, uh, the first thing we do is ask them to read this, this article and get back to us with their interpretation of uh, whether they think that the use that they're making of it is, is legal and legitimate. So instead of sort of making a um, fits all decision at the institutional level, we're letting each instructor make the decision. And if they decide that um, it, their use is legitimate, then we don't question it and we move ahead. Interesting, that's great. And now one of the other pieces of this puzzle is really when we talk about acquiring and streaming and delivering this content. So. Um, I know you've learned a lot um, in doing this. So are, do you have any tips, tricks, or challenges that you've discovered when streaming licensed content at Vassar into your LMS? Well, the biggest thing, the biggest aspect of this that uh, would call for tips or tricks would be uh, captions or, or subtitles. Mm -hmm. And um, we try very hard to include subtitles along with all the films that we mount on Ensemble. And uh, first of all, when I discovered this function that uh, the Ensemble player has of being able to have captions as an external file, um, I thought that was just fabulous because previous to that, we would just, um, when we extracted a, vi a video from a DVD, we would just burn captions in so they were part of the image. Um, but having the captions available as an external file means that they uh, can be turned on or off and um, they can be searched, which is incredible, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, um, so how to get those is, uh, how to get that file is one of our, it's often one of our bigger challenges. Um, even if the DVD has captions available on it, it, that doesn't mean it's necessarily easy to extract those. In fact, um, what I prefer doing is going to a, um, an open source website called um, opensubtitles.org, which is a huge database of uh, subtitle files that other people have contributed. And um, the first thing I'll do when someone asks to have a movie uh, digitized and streamed, um, well, first of all, we'll, we'll, we'll rip it with a Handbrake desktop application for extracting video from a DVD. But then I'll go to opensubtitles.org and see if they have a subtitle file for that, for that film. And I'm amazed at how much they have. Even if it's an obscure foreign film, um, there's a really good chance that they'll have um, have um, some form of, of captions for that and uh, free to download. And then if they just work, if they sync up with the movie, that's awesome. And I upload the video to the server and upload the captions file separately and we're good to go. Um, sometimes um, I get a file from that website, but they don't sync up perfectly with a film. And then I have to use some other software, some caption editing software, um, to try to 
to align that. Um, program that I like using uh, lately on uh, Mac platform is called Jubler. And um, um, if I'm pretty lucky, the captions might just be offset by a certain amount. Like from throughout the whole movie, they're just come 10 seconds early. And Jubler will let me just say, make all these timestamps 10 seconds later than they are. Um, if I'm less likely, um, they're off in some proportionate way and I have, we have to do some kind of a more involved algorithm to um, spread them out, spread out the timestamps or compress them by a certain ratio. So um, that's a fair amount of work, but uh, I'd still rather do that than um, sort of the next level of difficulty, which is to try to extract this, the uh, caption files right off of the DVDs. Because um, unexpectedly, you might not expect this, but when captions are saved on a DVD, or I'll be really more specific, when subtitles are stored on a, on a DVD, uh, they're not actually in a text file. They're in a kind of a graphic file. So if you can access the subtitles on a DVD, you're really accessing this string of graphic images of alphabetic characters. And then you have to not only pull that out of the disc, but you have to run uh, optical character recognition um, processes on it to convert those images to text characters, which of course has, um, um, is usually an imperfect process. So, um, that's um, uh, something that we'll do if we have to. And then there are just cases when there are no captions at all on the DVD. And um, what, what we can do then is to try to use some automated voice recognition uh, software. And the simplest thing, uh, most convenient thing I'd say is to upload the video to YouTube. And in most cases, uh, after a couple of hours, YouTube will generate captions for that film. And they do surprisingly well at recognizing the words, uh, but then they do surprisingly badly at things like punctuating sentences and dividing phrases up in um, a meaningful, logical way. So that usually still takes a fair amount of time to edit that file. but. Um, um, if we have to, we can. We have not ever um, generated captions totally from scratch, except for, I believe, one time our Office of Disability Services uh, paid for a captioning service to caption a film that was specifically um, being um, required for a class that included a student with a, um, a certified, uh, recognized um, um, hearing disability. I would like to mention, by the way, a couple of functions that Ensemble has that have been really helpful and really uh, responsive to my needs. Because um, initially, or at one point, the, the players, uh, the way that the player displayed the captions, um, I think was a, 
in paragraph form, which made sense for some usages, like probably um, lecture capture, where a single speaker was talking continuously, but it didn't make sense, or it wasn't a very logical way to display dialogue from a movie when, when there are a lot of short phrases um, going back and forth between characters. So I asked uh, folks at Ensemble if there was uh, an alternative to that, and they were super responsive and created um, um, a couple of optional uh, ways to view the captions, or I'm sorry, to view the transcript of, um, um, of a film. So when you pull up the transcript of, a, uh, of one of these films, you can choose to see it in paragraph form or in line by line form. Um, I think there are a couple, uh, two or three options. So um, that was terrific that uh, I was able to just ask for, for some modifications to be made and, and they went ahead and did that. And the other one is that um, a while ago I had asked about uh, the possibility of having more than one language file available for uh, a particular film, for, for, per film. And, um, and uh, Ensemble told me that was something that they're uh, going to be working on. And sure enough, um, I think this past fall, they came out with that function. So now um, I can have a single foreign language film and have um, the native language captions available or the English translations available and let the user choose which one. So in both cases, I think Ensemble has been very responsive to, to my needs. And that's great. And we definitely do our best to be responsive. And, um, you know, you mentioned a couple of great feature requests and suggestions, and uh, we definitely needed to respond to those. And, and I think you'll see very soon, we're going to have some, uh, some new features built around that interactive transcript and the multi-language captions. Well, that's great. And I think, um, you know, so to kind of going backwards on some of the, some of your topics, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of people and I've actually experienced this is uh, that they do not enjoy uh, building caption files from scratch. And that's not what they want to do on their summer vacation. It is a very tedious process, especially when you consider uh, long form content. Um, and it's a good tip uh, in terms of the automatic captioning with YouTube. I think uh, we have a lot of people that have uh, used that. We also uh, have software that does that in Ensemble. And again, um, that is truly dependent on the quality of the audio. My guess in some of your uh, licensed content, it's, it's a high quality audio, but again, it is never 100% accurate. So that is a challenge. Um, but I think the two nuggets that I take from this and hopefully our listeners do is the database of subtitle, subtitles and captions, opensubtitles.org. I do remember us talking about that a couple years ago, and that is a fantastic um, tip for our listeners. So opensubtitles.org, a database of subtitles and captions for films, and also a caption editor called Jubler. Um, so that's something that our, our listeners can look up. That's fantastic. Uh, so as we wind down, um, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of experience using these captions. So uh, you mentioned some of the benefits of uh, closed captions, but maybe fill us in. What are the major benefits of using closed captions on your licensed content? Yeah, the, the first requests for this were really just from um, people in our foreign language departments who were showing foreign films, films um, where the, the spoken language was not English, uh, but for levels of courses where the students' uh, ability to understand that foreign language was not 
uh, up to par, and so they needed English translations. Or in some cases, they wanted to have the, the native language portrayed just to um, sort of help out the student understanding the, uh, the spoken language. But uh, beyond that, um, we felt that uh, for accessibility reasons, we ought to try to have captioning on all of the films made available. Um, and, you know, the thinking of the universal accessibility is to not just make these uh, supporting uh, functions available to the particular students who have self-identified as, in this case, being um, hearing impaired, but to just make them available um, for all the materials so that students don't have to self-identify. But beyond the uh, issue of hearing disability, um, we believe that captions, the, the, the possibility of displaying captions is useful for students with different learning styles who may um, have trouble comprehending only by listening, but um, I, when, when that content can be supported by reading along as, uh, while they're listening, that that may be a, um, 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 a helpful learning style for them. And also for students for whom English is not a native language, um, they can um, um, be more confident that they're understanding the language that they're hearing than, um, than they would be otherwise. So um, um, just being able to turn on captions is useful for all those reasons. And in addition to that, having this searchable transcript is a super useful thing uh, as a scholarly tool, um, or even as a convenience. You know, when I watch movies, I often get to a point where I'm thinking, wait a minute, who is that character again? Or what was it that they said? And I could just, I always wanted to be able to just search easily back through a film to get to a point that, to answer some question I had. But uh, at Vassar, where, where these are being used for scholarly purposes, you know, the instructor or the students may want to really study a film and go back to many different points in the film to, to confirm or to, or to follow up on some idea uh, about the script rather than just watching it from beginning to end and being done with it. So the searching function in a transcript is, um, we think it's a great scholarly tool. Well, that's great. And I also agree. Um, you know, I've, uh, from time to time, I, I have a, a goal in my life to learn Spanish. And I, and I know uh, when I'm watching uh, a Spanish show or film, I do enjoy putting, you know, the English captions over top of it so I can actually follow along because I'm not at the stage where I'm fluent. So I agree. And I can also see how students where English is not their native language, that would help them greatly. And of course, the searching inside a video is one of the, the greatest benefits, I would argue, too, because you can jump to just a point in time in the video. So these are some excellent uh, tips, tricks, and, uh, and I really appreciate you um, sharing your experience and your input on the Video and Education podcast. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Video and Education Podcast, Episode 4. I hope you enjoyed learning about streaming commercially produced films and courses at Vassar College. 
please reach out to Scott at EnsembleVideo.com with questions and let me know if you'd like to join us on the Video and Education Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Ensemble Video, and you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you want to learn more about Ensemble Video, you can find us online at www.EnsembleVideo.com. Thank you so much for tuning into the Video and Education Podcast. I'm Scott Nadsen from Ensemble Video. We'll see you online.